have a pleasure as always to welcome you to VLGA Connect and to welcome Catherine Arndt to the newsroom. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Chris. How are you today? I'm going very well, thank you. What about you? Yeah, not too bad at all. The sun is shining. It's a lovely day out there and hopefully everyone's had an opportunity to get a little bit of sunshine despite our current um, lockdown situations. And some exercise, one would hope, as, as much as one can. Um, and we are recording this on the very last day of winter, which is nice in itself. Well, of course we are. I didn't even think of that point so well. And we've actually got a few warm days coming up. So enjoy it while we can, I say. Absolutely. Agree with you. Now, there's lots happening around the sector at the moment. So let's touch on some of the biggest news stories. The Minister for Local Government, Sean Lean, has uh, started, fired the starter's gun, if you like, on the review of the culture of the sector in Victoria and announced he'll be running that uh, review. And you, as I'm sure, are, um, are like everyone else in welcoming uh, that development. Oh, indeed. Uh, the VLGA did put out a media statement following the release of um, or the announcement of the cultural review program commending um, its scope uh, and also, I guess, you know, reinforcing our interest as the peak body supporting good governance in the sector of being an active participant in that, in that review. Um, I've spoken to the minister um, in some detail about, um, I guess, his thoughts about the need for a review and we really do welcome uh, it being formally, I guess, launched and also the announcement of the academics and the, the key, I guess, the lead organisation who will be conducting that. So very keen, as is the minister, have to have um, PWC and also the academics, Graham Sansom and um, Professor Anona Armstrong on our VLGA Connect program to talk to the sector about what they'll be looking at, how they'll be, I guess, undertaking this review and, and providing an opportunity for some, you know, I guess some input directly from the sector, which, which we can do. So let's see where we go. That would be good to have that conversation and to understand, as you say, how they're gathering the information, because my, my understanding is they're going to develop a discussion paper with a view to putting that out for some further consultation or discussion with the sector uh, in the early part of next year. So the work that's done between now and then to, to form that discussion paper is a really important piece of the process. Look, it is, and we've got the perfect platform here and um, we, I guess, will need to get on to organising that so we can get them in front of the sector sooner rather than later. Excellent, and we'll keep people posted as we, we learn more as that review uh, progresses. A couple of other things that are bubbling away in terms of uh, legislative change, I guess. There's some um, proposed reforms to the planning system that uh, we believe that the Minister Richard Wynne uh, might be getting ready to announce very soon. Um, I'm sensing, Catherine, as I think you are, um, a little bit of uh, disquiet because it's it's not 100% clear to councils what, if any, changes are going to be brought on their role as a result of these reforms. Look, understandably, there's a little bit of anxiety there amongst the elected representatives in particular about what these proposed reforms might entail. 
they're all related. There's a number of different planning reforms that, that link into the social um, and affordable housing initiative, also the big build um, strategy, I think it's called. Correct me if I've got that incorrect. Yep, the, the, the big build, yep. Build. Housing, big housing build, I think. Yes, that's right. So there's a number of different elements to all of, of those reforms. Of course, we've also had a very... Um, well, the government's had to hit pause on the legislative agenda in the midst of dealing with the acute, almost becoming chronic COVID situation. So there is now some catch-up. That's my sense anyway, some catch-up happening by the bureaucracy in terms of actually drafting and implementing these legislative reforms. So I think um, the sector needs to be a little bit uh, patient with that and really embrace the opportunity to engage with the state government. And from the state government's perspective, of course, we do remind the state government that there is a Victorian state local government agreement, which was developed in 2014, specifically for the purpose of ensuring that any policy or legislative reform that might have an impact on the local government sector was, I guess, addressed with a lot of consultation with the sector before it was actually implemented. So we remind the government about that and also encourage um, the sector to be a little bit patient as we work with the government to progress some of these reforms, but also understand what they are. I think we have to be cautious about making assumptions, um, you know, and particularly while things are, you know, cabinet in confidence, confidence and um, not at that stage where we can get all of the detail. That's a very good point. That's uh, I'm glad you made that. I was uh, was going to say something similar about let's make sure we understand what's happening here before we get too uh, far down the down the track. But I guess some people are just concerned that it will get too far down the track without that understanding being there uh, ahead of time. Yeah. Look, and I think the sector should feel reassured that. The VLGA and I'm sure the MAV and, and um, LG Pro are also engaging with the state government to ensure that we don't get to that stage where things are too far down the track um, so that there is insufficient time to consult adequately with the local government sector. There's a similar one playing out, Catherine, with the decriminalisation of sex work, which um, you know, I don't want to put too fine a point on this, but basically it means that uh, sex work would become like any other home-based business or any other business that has a right to uh, exist and operate, but it also means that uh, it'll, it'll, it'll come under uh, council's purview in terms of uh, regulation and enforcement in some uh, circumstances. That's our understanding also, Chris. We were uh, invited to participate in some consultations with the state government last week, I think it was, and as were um, a number of mayors and also uh, CEOs. We're still seeking some clarity, of course, as to exactly how um, the decriminalisation of sex work will fit into the current planning scheme. From my understanding, the, the state government's at the sort of the very early stages of like, drafting the legislation that would support the decriminalisation model, but essentially it removes the licensing requirements that currently exist and place, as you say, 
um, uh, you know, the operation of those businesses under the, the remit of, of local government and their planning responsibilities in particular. There was a call for submissions to an initial sort of discussion document that closed on Friday. The VLGA uh, did make a submission to that, as did the MAV, I believe, both very similar in that we've asked the state government just to hit the pause button so that we can ensure that there's adequate consultation with the local government sector and in, and in a more detailed way than we've had the opportunity so far to engage uh, with uh, before they progress any further. Uh, another one, I'm sure you'd say, where you'd like to see the Victorian state local government agreement uh, being honoured. Absolutely. Um, as I said, that, that agreement, that Victorian state local government agreement, um, the objective of that is to ensure that any proposed um, policy or legislative reform that impacts the sector um, is accompanied by extensive consultation with the sector. And um, in particular, it mentions the three PICs, so the VLGA, the MAV and LG Pro as having a very active part to play in that with the state government. We should say that this decriminalisation has come out of a very wide-ranging review that was led by Fiona Patton. I think it started in 2019, was delivered last year, and the overriding principle is that sex work should be decriminalised. The issue, though, is the detail of how that is going to work in practice going forward. Indeed, and I think that's where the bureaucracy's at now. They've been tasked with, I guess, developing the how uh, that will work, and we're at that point where we've got an opportunity to, pro to provide some input into that. Catherine, another one making news, uh, unfortunately, for the wrong reasons uh, this week. And um, I sit on a few audit committees, and uh, this is a, an issue that comes up a lot about how prepared are we as councils uh, to withstand cyber attacks. And, uh, you know, sadly, Stonington Council has uh, apparently been victim to um, a cyber attack and some of their systems are offline and they're trying very hard to understand what data, if any, we should say, has been compromised. But it's a real reminder of the risk that's out there in the digital environment, isn't it? Yeah, indeed it is. And, um, you know, hopefully um, Stonington Council are now a little bit further progressed to be able to identify exactly what occurred and how did it happen. I believe um, it occurred on Friday, just passed, and it, it perhaps coincided with an update of some of their um, Microsoft systems in-house. But as you say, I mean, we ran a um, leading the agenda panel recently on the role of audit and risk committees and cyber attacks and digital protection and data protection is, is right up there now. It is. And uh, look, I really feel for them. Um, you know, it was probably always going to happen to someone. It's unfortunate to see it happen to someone. And uh, hopefully the damage is minimal, if uh, if any. We wish them the best in dealing with, uh, yeah, with, look, with that. We do. And, and it's just another thing to deal with, I guess, in the role of, you know, local government. Um, you know, in the midst of, of a pretty busy workload as it is. Yep, very, very true. So there's a bit of news happening. A, a news flash today. Uh, we've got news that Kel Torrey, the CEO at Mel Melton City Council, has announced his retirement. He's going to be uh, hanging out the boots at the end of October. Uh, apparently he announced that to the council at their meeting this week and all the staff have been advised. And, you know, I had the pleasure of working with Kel for 
some time as a colleague CEO and uh, wish him all the very best in his uh, retirement coming yes, up. Yes, the VLGA wishes Kelvin all the best also. I think he's had, what, over 30 years in the local government sector, so I'm sure he's looking forward to having uh, a little rest now. <laughs> Nearly 20 years at, uh, at, at Melton which is wow. a great track record, track record as well. There has been some turnover, though, hasn't there, with the CEOs? And, and here's another one. Well, yes. Uh, as you know, I, I'm keeping a running tally on the Local Government News Roundup website, and I think there's 21 entries now on the list of councils that have had some, either a change or a renewal or um, retirements, et cetera, if for this term of the council. So, uh, you know, less than 12 months in, and to be at 21, you know, we're not far off a third. Uh, so looking like a similar level of turnover as we experienced in the last term. And look, perhaps, you know, the cultural review um, will pick up on some of um, this also. Once we get through it, I certainly have been in discussions with a number of CEOs and also a number of councillors who 12 months in almost um, into the first year of the new council term and there is a little bit of um, organic and natural attrition happening of course yeah. amongst the CEOs um, there's also uh, you know a change of focus from the new councillor group in some ways also and there's this tension um, of a group of, of newly elected councillors working out how they're going to work as a team let alone with the CEO and I'm not suggesting that's why there's the turnover happening, but there are a number of, I guess, different elements to this that are worth just, you know, having a look at once we get to that cultural review stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. That's a good opportunity to, to look at that question as well. Um, VLGA Connect, uh, we're still uh, bringing you lots of really interesting conversations and I wanted to give a plug to one that will be uh, debuting a little later this week where I speak with Leanne Williams about the Miley 24-7 library concept which is coming out of Gippsland. Just a great story, Catherine. Um, looking forward to you being able to see that, that chat that I've recorded with Leanne. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I, I've had the pleasure of... Um... Uh, working with Leanne, we both um, sit on a, a, an advisory committee of the state library, um, or public libraries advisory group. And from what I understand, it's pretty exciting, as you say. So looking forward to that. Um, we also had the Shadow Minister for Local Government, David Morris, on the program last week. And um, I think we released that that interview early this week. So if people haven't had an opportunity to catch up with that, they should do that. And we've got some live panels coming up. Uh, as I think we said in the last newsroom episode, it's that time of year again where mayoral elections will be coming up. So another opportunity, I, I think, to have councillors come into a live panel session and hear from some past mayors, current mayors, or whatever that panel will consist of, of what makes a good mayor and really what we should be looking for when we either nominate ourselves or the colleagues around us. Good timing to have that conversation. Uh, how's the Fast Track Part 2 leadership program going in terms of uh, bookings? Because I, I, I imagine it's challenging with people not really sure whether it's going to be online or whether it's going to be in person. It'll probably go ahead in some form, won't it? Oh, it will go ahead in some form, Chris. Don't um, uh, worry about that. We've got an excellent uh, line of panellists confirmed, all panellists are confirmed. The program will be going out 
later today, um, all going well. So it will go ahead in some form at this stage. We're hoping face-to-face -face at the RACV Club as we did hold um, the event, the, that Fast Track Part 1 earlier in the year. Um, the Minister will be opening the day with another Q&A with participants. Registrations are coming in, but I do get a sense that in the absence of some clarity from uh, the Premier, which we were all hoping for today about um, what the extended lockdown might look like, I think people are just a little hesitant um, to commit to anything face-to-face, -face, and we understand that. But fingers crossed it will go ahead face-to-face. -face. If not, we'll have to do it in a virtual way. All right, so check out the events page of the VLG website, VLGA website, I should say, for more on that. Catherine, uh, that's been a big agenda to get through today. Thank you, as always, for your insights, and I hope you have a great week. You too, Chris. Take care. Catherine Arndt, CEO of the VLGA, with us in the newsroom from VLGA Connect. Thanks for your company. See you again soon.